And you're listening to the Collabcast, a podcast about pop culture and the creative life from an Asian American perspective. to episode 87 of the collab cast it's september the 29th the end of september oh 2016 it's thursday hopefully when did that happen it might be, it might be friday but <laughs> if all goes according to plan it is thursday when you listen to this um fall is here although you'd be hard-pressed to notice in los angeles because we're melting <laughs> i see all of the whining i feel we're on fire oh it's 107 degree. It was 107. Was that it? It was 107. That's yes. disgusting. It we was were like literally melting. Literally melting. It was like 64 degrees here. Yeah, you're enjoying East Coast fall. Congratulations. But only for another week, and then I'm back in the melting sun. <laughs> East Coast fall comes with tons of rain. Hopefully, you're getting rain on every day, because. You know, it's funny, it was supposed to rain the last few days and it keeps clearing up. So I'm hoping that the trend continues. Well, yeah, hopefully fall comes here soon. We had like a day of fall and then and then it got hot again because um, there's something in Southern California called the Santa Ana winds, which are hot winds that, you know, bring fire. And Wasn't that, isn't that supposed heat. to be in the winter? No, it's usually in the fall. I mean, it comes multiple times a year. Okay. It's like whenever it comes, it's wildfire season. Like if you've noticed... If you catch the news, you know, California is always on fire. A, because we have no water. We have no water at all. Winds. Yeah. yeah. We're just a dry, giant dry brush <laughs> bramble. Well, looking forward to having you back in this dry brush. Oh, do you miss me? Well, it's funny because I'm getting there and you're leaving, which is <laughs> the irony of life. Yeah. Episode 88 is going to be interesting. I might have to, we have to, we're not going to be together. That's going to be funny because, well, you're going to be up in Portland, which is an amazing city. And I just love the Pacific Northwest in general. And 88 is like, we'll get super Asian here, but, you know, eight is the number of abundance. And in my mind, like nature and greenery, I associate with the same thing. You're going to be all up in that. So I think it's fitting. It's an auspicious number for sure. Tis auspicious to the max. Uh, we're also recording really early in the morning. Um, we had some timing issues this week, and Minji has a very busy day. And so um, it's... I'm a hustler, baby. The buck- this is the first time I've woken up like when it was still dark to come to work to that's record this. Li- that's I was seriously <laughs> going to ask you that. I was like, when is the last time you were up that early? I mean... Because you're a total night owl. You stay up until like... You'll stay up until the light is coming out. But you don't go to sleep and then wake up when it's still dark. I mean, I used to do this when I was working. It's probably the reason why I stopped that job. But but you're um, still working now. <laughs> you're just doing different jobs. Yeah. One that is more accommodating to your natural habitat. No, your natural whatever. I can't English. Whatever. I mean, it's early for me. You have no excuse. 
I'm not tired. I'm not the one yawning. <laughs> I feel great. Actually, no, I was supposed to be up at 5.45 to go to yoga to use a pass that I purchased when, you know, you first get to a city and you're there for an extended time. You're like, I'm going to do all the things. I'm going to take fitness classes. and Well, that's what I do. And I bought a pass for like five classes and I went once because it's like 45 minutes away because I'm an idiot and I didn't map that out. But anyway, lesson learned. That sounds terrible. It's, it's life. It's how <laughs> we learn. First thing I go when I go to a new city is look up all the restaurants. Yeah, yours, that's my thing. That's not mine at all. Yeah, I you should. Look up all the yoga studios. I do. Well, that's the only thing. I, and I was in Montreal. Oh, it's so funny. I was in Canada last weekend, and that was one of the first things I did. Montreal's not Canada. Shut up. <laughs> Mr. Canada. Does Quebecois don't want to be part of our country? So Oh, do they? I don't even know what the dynamics are, <laughs> so I don't know. It's beautiful, and it's really French, and the only reason I didn't go to the yoga class is because um, I went on Yelp, and it's seriously one of the most beautiful yoga studios I've ever seen via photo. Oh, yeah. But it said that uh, the instructions are in French, so if you can't un- understand French fluently, you're going to be a little bit lost in that uh, yoga class. And I was like, damn I it. mean, aren't you just... Aren't you just doing what the the instructor does anyways? Well, if you're doing it correctly and your form is correct, then like you just listen to what they say and you can kind of like do your flow. If you're always stretching and like staring at the instructor, it's not ideal. You know what I mean? <laughs> so anyway, yeah, that's that nixed my yoga dreams in the bud. All right. Well, let's uh, let's power through this this uh, already riveting collab cast. Obviously. Um, Start off with our uh, weekly roundtable segment. Uh, every week, we like to start off the podcast by uh, talking about what's on our minds in the world of pop culture and Asian America. And this week, um, I need to think of mine. So, what's on your mind, Mindy? Well, Canada was on my mind, but I mean, <laughs> really, though, voter registration day, the debate is still on my mind. I don't know how coherent or articulate I can be about it because it's just a lot of ranting. Um, Mm -hmm. But kind of the general... (sighs) Okay, so... Well, is this the first time you've watched the debate in its entirety? Because it was my first, like, full debate just because it was such a interesting dynamic and you just wanted to see what was going to happen. Yes. Right. I mean, I watched... um, I watched other ones in clips. So, like, I watched it from YouTube. I watched... um, Everything was kind of pieced together before, and that's just full disclosure that I was definitely not as educated and like watching and paying close enough attention. But obviously, at this point, how can we not, right? Um, Sometimes it just takes a very extraordinary experience for you to pay attention, right? Which is um, maybe I the know... point of all of this. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny because the last election was one that, or the last two elections were ones that were very, very groundbreaking and like important and i feel like the stakes are a little higher this time around i don't know a it's just... little <laughs> i mean it's just okay it's just like clearly it's all kind of like a circus right now um and i'm just very grateful that people are paying attention you know whatever prompts you to suddenly give a crap um 
And I get it. Like, I've definitely lived that life of apathy. And then, like, I guess in general, because we're in the middle of producing this really big um, event that's going to be happening in L.A., New York, Chicago, and D.C. for getting the Asian American vote out. I mean, all of this is absolutely on my mind pretty much 24-7 because we have to be promoting and figuring out the right programming, things like that. But it was it was really refreshing to see how many people were engaged, at least in the conversation. I mean, the opinions are different. Everyone has their views um, and the whole process for the last, you know, year and a half. Everyone's been arguing and being really vocal about what they believe is right. But I, I'm pleased to see that. That's something that I, I personally am like, at least people are talking about it, you know? Yeah. I think, um, who knows, this might be the, the election that will finally activate the millennials who's been, you know, much maligned over the last few years by our, you know, by our parents' generation as lazy and apathetic. Um, but I think a lot of people, because of what happened with, even with the candidates that didn't make it, right, with the Bernie Sanders um, people, um, a lot of, I guess, fellow young people, right, are <laughs> becoming more aware of just how our system works and hopefully how, like, what they get out of it is that, you know, not to play the game because that's that's kind of being cynical, but understanding how the systems work so that they're, like, you're much more engaged and much more prepared for future races and things like that because the system's not going to go away in four years yeah. or in two years even. Yeah. Um, our governments, you know, just understanding how everything affects us is is one small part, right? It's, it's you know, it's, it's, it's our job to be informed of how things work. And, and then the funny thing is, I think that's funnily, like for me, kind of putting context to like my world or the things that I have cared about, which is clearly not like being super engaged in the political system or understanding how that all works, you know, the mm -hmm. game. Because like clearly you, I always learn from you because you always know so much more about the ins and outs of it. But I've paid a lot more attention to like the dynamics of Hollywood, right? Because that's my arena that I care to understand the yeah. the politics of that. And and every industry has is political. You know what I'm saying? Like, Everyone knows that. Yeah. Whatever, if you're in tech, if you're in service, if you're whatever, there's politics <laughs> to everything. And I mean, this is like something that impacts everybody though, you know? Yeah. And like even then, I feel like understanding not only, because the politics of Hollywood comes down to corporations, right? And industry. Well, kind of and, the same with all other, like even yeah. politics. And understanding how corporations work, how they, how they make their decisions, how they're governed gives you insight in how change can be made right or where where the efforts should be because that's that's what all like lobbyists do is figure out where they can take their money and create change for the benefit of their clients or whatever right which and is the super short-term yeah. and selfish <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean it could also be long-term yeah you know people yeah. are you know, these are long, a lot of long-term contracts being signed. I mean, part of the reason why government is so inefficient sometimes is because technology is always growing. People are always innovating, but government contracts are super long-term, sometimes like 10, 15-year contracts, right? Where like in a year, whatever you just signed, that technology is obsolete, but you're stuck. 
because yeah. of the contract, right? Yeah, which is um, stupid. Like even like it's okay. Analogy for me is like movie studio contracts, right? You're gonna make mm-hmm. a, a fi- especially now you're gonna you're gonna sign a contract about how some X Y Z show, like some movie that you just poured your entire heart and soul into, and you're like, say this is how it's gonna go for the next five years. Homie, the platform that you're talking about, whatever's in your contract, might like be gone in six months, which is so. It's so funny that we make all these binding legal agreements, things mm-hmm. that we don't even understand and don't have have any sense of the future for. And I'm like, well, this is going to go on a whole other rampage. So I'll stop it here. But I <laughs> but here's the thing, like when it comes to all that stuff, and I think that's the stuff that makes like bring it back to like the public or why I have been so disconnected from politics is because because that feels so huge and so like unknowable to me like i'm just like i don't have the time nor the energy nor the interest to like get all those intricacies that i will just rather abstain right like it feels like all of that is what's the driving force in politics today whether i vote one vote or not you know and that sucks and i think that's what's kind of caused this divide too right like i was talking to this guy over the weekend we're trying to kind of like I was explaining what we were doing in for our October event, how we're you know, trying to get out the vote, and he was just being very apathetic about it. Like, well, nothing we're doing is going to change anything. So, like, why? Like, yeah. I supported, you know. And then it's like, you know, it's fine that you feel that way, but I know it's also dangerous. A ton <laughs> of people that feel that way. Yeah. And that's where that's where the danger comes from because you know if if a ton of people take themselves out of the process, then that's a ton of people that people don't need to worry about because they don't. There are a ton of people that maybe, okay, so if you're apathetic, but I'm sure that you have an opinion and you, like, do lean, okay, apathy in terms of your impact on the vote is one thing, but I'm sure that they're not apathetic in, like, thinking that one or the other or whatever, in whatever scenario, like, even not just presidential, but in, like, policy, right? Yeah. That you do have an opinion or that you have a preference of how something might want to turn out versus the other (laughs) and so you're kind of in this place where like you just don't believe like if i vote it's not going to make a difference right but then when you statistically look at the facts that's what i i would love to come up with more examples like okay should you not choose to participate you're then opening up the decision to be made by other people who may be more misinformed, may like completely misalign with what you would like the outcome to be. So why not just vote? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, well, that's why the not thing. Just... Like, and people make assumptions for everyone else, right? I was listening to, um, I think it was NPR Politics, where they were saying that a lot of politicians think that, oh, millennials care about student debt. So we're going to talk about student debt to get to them. But the truth is, a lot of millennials now, they worry about childcare. Like, think of how many of our friends have, like, babies and mm-hmm. have to deal with, like, maternity leave, paternity leave, and, like, not having that. Right? right. Right. Like, things like that. Like, we're coming of age now, and um, our our needs are different. So, that's why it's important to, you know, we speak to that through our vote. And when I say we, I mean you, because I can't vote. I'm a Canadian. You need to you need to handle that, Marv. I just again I've said this before, and I'm like I feel like you're more I'm keeping in informed. my back pocket. Just fine. Then you have to help. We have to sit down before November, and you have to like guide me through all the different things. And like 
I will probably debate you on some of them, and that's fine. <laughs> but like, at least you're educating me. Thanks. Bye. I think. Um, well, I'm also learning a little bit too, because like for the longest time, my entire um, awareness of the political realm was through TV. You know, West Wing, Newsroom, House of Cards, kind of, and Veep. Mm-hmm. And so this year, especially because there's been a lot of like, so I listened, to, I've been listening to a lot of political podcasts just because I find a fat, I find the strategy fascinating because it's very, I don't know. It's Ninja mind tricks. Not even power, mind tricks, but it's just power plays, power plays, strategies, and also strategy. just like how you influence public opinion mm-hmm. and just how easily public opinion can be influenced. That's how I feel about Instagram. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, really, like, I'm just blown away. I'm sorry, but we, you know, you know that because we like see some of the inner workings behind that. We work with marketing and people in that field, so yeah, that's how I feel about Instagram because I'm not as aware of all the other stuff. But talking about debates too, like just the fact that during the entire like was it like 90 minutes, Mm -hmm. there were whole newsrooms, whole staffs, just fact checking the entire time. You know, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. calling out people for their bullshit or, you know, informing people about, well, this is true. This isn't true. This is why that's true. And things like that. Like, like it's that's gotta be one of the most stressful jobs ever. But if you're <laughs> into that, it'd be like the most fun thing ever. Because it's literally like the NFL. Of, yeah. Like it's the Super Bowl of fact checking. I mean, so. it's the whole the whole thing around is just, just super. Yeah. It's fascinating. My, my biggest concern is, you know, I, I have my own set of beliefs and I'm not here to like preach to everybody about believing what I believe. That's not what this podcast or what collaboration is about. But I think in general, the biggest thing for me when it comes to our community um, and the work that we're doing to like make to move the needle in any sense. Right. Um it's, I mean, the whole thing was like, the whole whole purpose why I ever got attracted to collaboration or to the Asian American, like the people in general who work in social justice, it's not just Asians, but like people who, who believe in the power of their voice, it's like because the opposite of that is so dangerous to like become disconnected and to become apathetic. That is a choice. I mean, you, you can choose to like, engage a little bit and see where that takes you you don't have to become like malcolm x or mlk right you don't have to become like the biggest activist but it's an honor and a privilege that we're given that i just i feel i i I feel a lot of guilt if i were to uh, not to act upon it yeah um just because like the more i travel and the more i meet people i met i met people in canada on my way to canada actually up in upstate that she just became is a Korean a Korean female who is in the army, but has not had her citizenship until last week, and she is so excited to vote. Yeah, and like it's when you see that, I'm like, damn! I just like I've been able to do this since I was 18. I've been totally taking it for granted. Like things <laughs> like that remind me, you know, this is an honor. It's a privilege, and it does make a difference. I can only imagine how many elections are like decided by very slim margins. Oh, you know? tons, especially on the local level, you know, like right? national elections right. might have a much, you know, you know, besides 2000, um, like local level elections are all, I, I feel like they're all very close. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, that's why activating like new communities is so important because that's like the margin, right? 
Right. And it's new generations of community. So that's what I'm saying. Like, in the last four years, a whole new batch of, like, how many thousands of people became 18 and eligible to vote, right? That's a lot of people. And in general, I'm sorry, but coming from, like, a young person's perspective, especially when I'm dealing with older people who I feel are disconnected with my needs and my priorities... I am not okay, and this is my sassy pants, but, like, I'm not cool with other people making my decisions for me. Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I, I don't like sitting back and, like, having other people who I, like, completely don't align with make the call for me. Not cool with that. And if, at the end of the day, I at least tried to make that difference, then I think I could sleep better at night instead of being bitter and being like, oh, man, like, fuck this they don't even get it and they're speaking on my behalf. I'm not cool with that. So, for many reasons, I hope that the Asian community like we are last place, y'all. Like this is so embarrassing and scary that we're going to like, you know, anybody to sit on the sidelines and let other people make your call for you. I just like not cool. Yep. I'm not the little Asian girl syndrome. You're like, "No." <laughs> Um, cool. I still don't, uh, what's on my mind? You know, I saw The Magnificent Seven this past oh, weekend. Oh, I didn't watch that yet. I'm going to um, watch it. You know, with the Korean Chris dude. Pratt. I guess that kind of. Sorry, sounds. I immediately went to Chris Pratt. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, that was part of the reason why we went to watch it, because of Chris Pratt. Andy Dwyer all day. He's He was pretty good. I don't know. Westerns are still cool. I like Westerns. Um, but yeah, there's, um, some big, some hubbub about, you know, um, what's his face? Lee Byun. Lee byung Um, yeah. yeah. He, uh, he plays Asian cowboy and then they just had to make him like the knife expert, but, uh, he did have some, some good jokes. So he wasn't just like on the side, like the, the native American character had less lines than him. So, you know, not last, but In still the not wild great. West. Um, <laughs> Well, is it like a real, it's a total, I mean, it's Chris Pratt and I mean, I'm just imagining that it's a very like uh, comical approach. It's like a very fantasy approach to the West or is it very Mm, real? I mean, it's, it's Magnificent Seven. So it's based on the movies from like the 70s and 80s and the TV show, um, which Magnificent Seven itself is based on. Akira Kurosawa's film, um, Seven Samurai, which itself has been remade a couple times too. Um, So the basic plot is like this small town gets threatened by this force, you know, like a Mexican army or in this case, like a robber baron. And they hire seven pretty much like mercenaries to help defend the town. I want to be part of the Magnificent Seven. (laughs) I think I would be an amazing mercenary yeah i'm just saying so the original the original story was seven samurai seven ronin who come in and protect the town from like this giant army and this one is you know denzel it's a multicultural cast of mercenaries this time uh which is interesting it's like i think the last prominent like black cowboy was blazing saddles like the mo brooks movie <laughs> with well, gene wilder we did, we did have django but was that really a cowboy it's not- <laughs> No, it's absolutely not. What am I saying? That's the that's the South. But he was a cowboy. He was a gunslinger. I don't know. I don't know what the right. Yeah, I think westerns itself is you know it's I don't it's there's something about it that's super. It's very Americana, but it's also very like the style is just really cool. Like I've always been a fan of anything western, even like space westerns, like 
when we go, when we go out and colonize the stars, it's not going to be all Star Trek and high tech because you know when you get there, you're going to have to grow your own food. You're going to have to like survive, and it's going to be like the frontier. So it's going to be more like the Wild West or the the homesteaders than actual like future world. Like even in the Martian, right? When Matt Damon's stuck in in Mars, he has to survive by growing plants, right? So that's With very his poo. <laughs> <laughs> Which is great. I love that they integrated like real science into it, and that makes it. Yeah. I, that's that's the wild, not wild west. That's the wild <laughs> space. But yeah, but yeah, like there's there's something about the western that that I've always enjoyed. And the the funny thing is, a lot of westerns is based a lot on like Kurosawa's films and like the Japanese samurai films. And yeah, well, my question. Well, I I like to. Le- I, I've actually just you know. I'm expanding my horizons and getting into sci-fi a little bit more. Not that I stayed away from it. I just never like sought it out or been like, hey, let's go watch Star Trek. You know what I mean? But (laughs) that's like in the last few years, I've definitely opened up to more fantasy sci-fi stuff. But even and I get that that's a great way to kind of mix in genres um, and give that element to to things like Westerns and stuff. I like growing up tended to, you know, be I gravitated towards like high drama, like, you know, what do you call it? Movies like, like Braveheart and things like that, right? Like, not that Braveheart was historically accurate or anything, but it wasn't like, it wasn't like a fantasy fictional way of like, it was trying to capture the essence of this guy, right? Um, So my question, like, I'm curious as to like, when they're going to make the Western where they do feature, because I don't know why, when you're talking, like all of a sudden, I just kept thinking of Jackie Chan and, um... (laughs) What was the movie like called? Shanghai Noon. Yeah, like Shanghai Noon. But like I want a real depiction of it. Like there's so many slaves who built all the railroads. Like I really want that movie to be made. Actually, railroads were built by Chinese workers, not slaves. Okay, pretty much though. Like they're not slaves, but like that's how I envision it in my head. So um, they're Chinese workers, but I, I know that they dealt with less than ideal conditions, things like that. And that's the history of... Our country right and that's a big missing story that's not mm-hmm. that hasn't been told in any sort of like blockbustery way so i'm wondering if we're on the road to that and like if lee byung and jackie chan are like the pioneers uh-huh um who are who are opening that gateway because again it comes back to like who are the asian actors that are going to play that massive group of chinese workers I mean, we bring over people from china i mean i don't know like jackie chan didn't really play a like he played an imperial guard that came over to like rescue a princess exactly in Shanghai noon and but it's jackie chan in a western setting so it kind of again right we have to like it's baby steps and that was like what 20 years ago god we're old i, I guess that'd be interesting i wonder what kind of you know it's gonna be until um you know a a chinese railroad worker movie would be interesting i feel like it it's must gonna, be written. It's going to have to be like when the, when the, you know, it's, this, this is my, my, my timeline is you got to start with like a World War II, 442nd, like go for broke Japanese regiment movie first because war movies are always like everyone's entry point into like, you know, that's how you win the Oscar. Of course. And once that wins the Oscar, then you get the Japanese internment camp story. And then you get the Chinese railroad story or the Chinese exclusion act story, right? Kind of, you have to ease them into this, like Oscar bait Asian stories, 
right? Because eventually, it here first, eventually, you got to get there because you know they're going to run out of you know stories. Like they're going to run out of World War Two, or they're going to run out of you know, they're 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 making stories about Sully that happened like year, like a couple years ago. Yeah, they're going to run out of white people stories. So eventually, they're going to have to reach dig deep and do some more color people stories. Well, I think that that definitely, and I think it all comes down to writing. Like the power is in the writer's hands. We all we keep reiterating that because we keep learning more and more how powerful the writer is and that's the reality because again i I, in no way does it logically even make sense to see that a non-japanese or non-chinese or non-korean person would know the coolest story from generations of their family or from like a legend or something right like exactly what we're saying on like the other podcast we're the ones who know these stories so we need to like I'm sure there are badass stories out there, right? Like some individual yeah. or some. Also, group you know, of internment camp stories, exclusion, like Chinese world workers, even like Vincent Chin stories. White people love white guilt stories. Those win Oscars. That's how you get, you know, best actor nominations too. Like, do they love them? I mean, they, I mean, Twelve Years a Slave. Like, that's that's the end to like um, Selma, right? That's you know. That's the whole frustration. Like when the years where you don't have a story about that, you don't get it. like Creed was a great story starring African Americans, and it didn't. Creed get was so good. Right. I don't know. There's um, I'm generalizing here, but you know the 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 stereotype is you know, if you want white people to you know give you the war, you got to make them feel guilty, like they owe you one. <laughs> well, I don't. That is not my personal agenda. <laughs> I think I just like I want to I, I think that again there's just like a wealth of badass stories out there that are yet to be discovered and if nobody voices them or writes them down again if you're the one that knows it and you just need to pass it on to a screenwriter do that like yeah. this is my plea out to the Asian American universe because I know all our grandparents got some badass stories my grandfather has an amazing story that I learned after he passed away you know and I, I'm to this day I'm very sad that I didn't know that before or that i didn't get to sit down with him and like find out more about it from the source um and now i'll hear about it from other people but man they're there we just got it's like mining gold yeah like all the refugee stories too like you know being on boats escaping vietnam like those are harrowing times i make for i mean it makes for great drama sounds really 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 like you know very bad of me (laughs) but like those are stories that deserve to be told because that's human interest and human like anything that'll help people empathize with with just people that are different from them. Those yes. that's the power of media, right? Yes. I don't know. Like that's what I'm saying, and it's history. This is like I think that there's so many things that really happened that um, why why I'm so in love with those stories because these these are real things that happen to real people. As much as I love like fantasy and um, fictional stuff. I think it's so it's so great to learn about human condition from things that we already went through. And that's why that movie, Ode to My Father, like blew me away. It was a Korean film, but I had no idea or even thought about the Korean you know, military <laughs> being a part of the Vietnam War. And I was like, There's no shit. We, like, we were there? <laughs> like, straight up. I was that ignorant. And I was just like, I didn't know we were at the Vietnam War. There's a I lot of history that, that yes. we're just not taught, you know? Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So... Asian American studies, brothers and sisters, get up on that. I ask you, please help help yeah. us out. There's a lot of there's been a lot of news about, you know, schools, students demanding Asian American studies after schools. I feel like 
that could be something we can do. Maybe like an Asian American studies podcast, like like a stuff you missed in history class for Asian Americans. Yes, we need to find yes. a historian to like do this. Yeah, I happen to know a very good amateur podcast producer. His name is me. It's me. Hi. Um, do it. Call me. Do it, Marv. <laughs> do it, Marv. But yeah. All right. I also have a friend who's a Harvard professor of Asian American studies, y'all. Nice. So. Harvard. People listen to that. People think that's smart. Exactly. Let's do the <laughs> let's do the name dropping. Oh, to Harvard. It's a Harvard professor. No, I just want British. That's not right. Harvard. No, that's um <clears throat> what's that like new like there's like an English accent, but not really. The one that Fraser has. You know? Kind of like I the, thought Fraser con- was British. No, he's like posh like new york or something i had no idea you just blew like my I rich american was... no he's not what kelsey Grammer is totally american i know but i thought like the character i thought he was like a brit in in new york well like that shows you how much i actually watched that show <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's... i was busy watching friends no he's totally like he he's like like harvard like you know how um Okay, 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 like okay. Rich okay, people, okay. like, I think it's descended it's a, from posh English. Okay. And like, I get what you're yeah. saying, but I didn't, because he's in a modern New York. <laughs> I'm, that's, the, that's the accent I associate you're with, like... You're thinking of his, like, girlfriend who was, who was British. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I'm also thinking of, like, the Americans who had that type of accent, like, the rich, uh, like, Upper East Side people. That, to me, is, like, 19, like, 30s <laughs> accent. So I didn't... Okay, anyway. Oh, my God, Frazier was American. <laughs> And on that note, we're going to take a quick break and we'll come back to um, talk more about stuff. Hey, everyone. Thanks again for listening to the Collabcast. The Collabcast, of course, is part of Collaboration, a nonprofit organization supporting Asian Americans in the arts and entertainment, discovering, elevating, showcasing, and connecting the creative talents of our Asian American communities. You can learn more about Collaboration by going to collaboration.org, where you can also find Collaboration digital content programs, including blogs, videos, and podcasts like this one. Just got a couple of quick updates for you this week. Uh, first of all, is a quick save the date announcement for our upcoming events in November. I'm, of course, talking about our Empowered Creative Leadership Conference and our Star Finale Showcase taking place over the weekend of November 11th and 12th. Um, you can check out the event pages respectively at empower.collaboration.org and star.collaboration.org to find out more about each event. Tickets will go on sale soon, so please keep checking back for more information on that. The Empower Conference is, of course, our second annual conference uh, featuring keynotes, panels, workshops, and mentorship sessions from Asian American creative leaders in the fields of entertainment, including music, filmmaking, writing, comedy, and new media. And of course, Collaboration Start is our finale showcase, wrapping up the 2016 season of Collaboration. Up-and-coming Asian-American artists from all across the nation will be convening in Los Angeles the night of November 12th to compete for the Collaboration Start national title. The night will also include some great guest artists and collaborations that you can only see live at the event. Um, it's taking place in Los Angeles, so save the date and start making plans. One last thing before we go, um, the Collabcast is proud to be a founding member of the new Potluck Podcast Collective, a new collective of Asian American podcasts and podcasters, bringing you fresh perspectives and unique stories from Asian America. The collective is gearing up for our official launch later in mid-October, but you can get a head start by following us at Podcast Potluck on Twitter, as well as checking out our website at podcastpotluck.com. 
And I think that's it. Um, don't forget, you can always contact the Collabcast by emailing us at podcast at collaboration.org. We always look forward to hearing from you. And then with that, let's get you back to the show. And welcome back to the Collabcast. It's episode 87. We're one away from the most auspicious of Collabcasts. Episode 88. I want to film 88 on the fresh off the boat lot. <laughs> but you're ditching me, so whatever. I'm sorry. Okay. How's, the, how's, the, how's the hoodie? Minji um, spent the break putting on her, her hoodie. Cause because it's, it's cold here. <laughs> Must be nice. Just saying. <laughs> I'm melting. It's so cool here that i need to warm up <laughs> okay it's um as you may have noticed it's just minji and me here so uh we don't have a guest so we're just gonna talk about I- stuff it's it's what the people want the people want our our playful banter and uh <laughs> apparently we're highly entertaining i don't know why you're framing it like we're not like the most entertaining duo we're like know, the whatever. odd couple yeah, pretty much. Totally um, Abbott and Costello. <laughs> if you guys see us in real life, like you'll understand. Yeah, there's much more violence in real life. Though. Hey! <laughs> God, we talked about I'm just about kidding. It's like ruining Minji my Minji doesn't hit me all the time. Shut just when she's excited. Minji's like the type of person who you're watching, like you'll watch, like don't sit next to her at a comedy show. Yeah, don't. Because you're going to get beat up. <laughs> That's really, really bad idea. <laughs> No one's going to sit with me now. They're going to like all put me in a corner by myself. Or like when you're driving a car and like Casey and Jojo comes on. She's like, ah. Yeah. She like screams in your ear and like pulls your arm while you're driving. It's very dangerous. I did that to my roommate very and he dangerous. like almost crashed the car. Because I, <laughs> I think it was like SWV or Brian McKnight or somebody. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> um. Well, okay, so we have an email coming up from, from Alvin that we, we skipped last week. But yes! um, before, before that, I wanted to um, talk a little bit. Um, since it's just us, that's so, let's just, you know, let's talk some Asian American. Because we some don't Asian talk American. about that enough. Let's talk some Asian American. Um, You're really, I've been like, thinking we're not a lot about, I've been thinking a lot about names lately. And um, I don't know if you've noticed, I haven't pronounced my name UA on this podcast for a while now. At okay. least for a couple episodes. I'm going with the proper pronunciation, yeah, because I've decided that I'm no longer going to change my pronunciation for the benefit of people who can't pronounce my name. Is this because of what Paul said last week? No, it was before Paul. It sta- okay. started like maybe a couple episodes ago. Good for you. Um, so I think it's, um, I don't know, it started with, I was listening to an episode on just pronunciation, like name pronunciations and like why we you know, how we like anglicize our names for the benefit of fitting in or for the benefit of other people, like thinking they'll make things easier for other people. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like it, it's us changing like a, like a part of ourselves for it. Right. Right. And I kind of feel like in this new multi- multicultural world that I'm building, that we're building. Um, no, that Marvin there's is no room building. For that. So, Marvin is building this single handedly, y'all. I mean, you're kind of like, so I want to talk to you and we touched on this a couple of times. Like we've joked about it, but you know, you made a conscious decision to go like use your Korean name as your, you know, as your 
primary profile name, I guess, your primary name, even though it's not legally anywhere on your name, right? Yes, that is correct. It is not a legal name. <laughs> and I still get asked, like, they're like, so what is your name? Or, like, what is what does it mean? And that's the most common thing is everyone asks, like, what does Minji mean? And I was like, why does that need to mean anything? What does Jonathan mean? You know, like, am I supposed to ask you? <laughs> like, it, it kind of struck me a few years ago. I was like, wait, why do I get asked that? What it's like, does Jonathan mean? That's what I'm saying. Like, okay. So, I, like, I'm maybe that'll be my next social experiment. I'm going to start walking up to people with, with you know, quote-unquote regular American names. And like, they'll be like, oh, oh, Minji, that's cool. What does it mean? And I was like, I don't know. What does Brenda mean? You know, it's cool. I want to know. I love, I used to look in baby books to look up the meanings of names. So I genuinely want to know, but it's just a funny Jonathan question that we get. is a common male name, meaning Yahweh has given in Hebrew. So it's like a God name. It's like a Christian name, I guess. I don't okay. Know. Well, yeah. as is my name, Christine, obviously. <laughs> um, but it's funny because now uh, this happened even yesterday where an old friend from the Bay, uh, she contacted me regarding some career day thing. And she's just like, hey, Christine. And like, again, being called that for some reason was so... Like, I was like, oh, you're not close to me. You don't know me. <laughs> like, oh. So it's a friend so, screening tool. Or it's, I guess it's like, oh, we haven't talked in a while, huh? Yeah. Like, oh, we're, you're, we're not close. We're not on that level. And and that's weird because before it was such a double life of, do, did you ever get called by your Chinese name? Only by my parents. I mean, I've always, like, my Chinese name has always been my middle name. So it's yeah. Marvin Mei Hong Yue. Um. Like, my name's interesting because, so I have one of those Chinese, like, I have one of those generational names. So I have my family name, which is Yue, my generation name, which is Mei, and then my given name, which is Hong. Mm-hmm. And the interesting part of it, of it is the, the generational name Mei is, um, it's, it's basically me in Korean. It's like the girl syllable. Oh. Like, you find it in girls' names, mostly. <laughs> It's fine, Marv. Yeah. You can embrace your feminine side. That's because you're sensitive, and that's a good thing. <laughs> so I kind of grew up with this girl's Chinese name, but then the given that my given name Hong is very masculine because my parents wanted to compensate, I guess. Uh, so yeah, it's called balance. That's a very good thing. <laughs> but my the interesting thing about my given name is Yue is also it's you can pronounce it two ways. One means one is Yue, which means. Um, music and the other is love, which means happy. So I kind of blame that for my dual nature too. Maybe that's the reason. Well, you're for a Pisces. <laughs> that's just that's true. I'm like screwed always. The like stars ast- astrologically and all like, the things. <laughs> and tomorrow, yeah. <laughs> Stop it. Make it your strength. That's what I say. It's just lean in. The world's um, against me. But the one of the people that I actually really wanted to ask because I remember that there was some thing about uh, Chloe Bennett talking about how she had to change her name, like that she did change her name and suddenly that changed her career, that when she changed her name from Chloe Wang, because her father is Chinese, mm-hmm. um, to Bennett, which is her mother's name, I believe, um, her mother's maiden name, suddenly she started getting cast in roles and I was just like, the, the foreign element to somebody like not being able to pronounce her name or not kind of accept it as, you know, I don't know, like an accepted... <laughs> Way yeah. To c- call you to, I just don't know. It was so weird. And then like Kiong, right? Kihong, like in mm-hmm. Korean it's Yi Kiong, Kiong, and like he just kind of like breezed through. 
And, and that's a great thing. I love that. I, I don't remember people, no one wrote articles or made it a thing about, like, this foreign-ass name. And I want to know if, like, he considered changing it. Right. Because um, as we far as I know. We should get him on the know, podcast. He's your, he's your fellow Calbear, right? He is my fellow Calbear. <laughs> that mofo's so busy, and I'm so proud of him. He's always <laughs> shooting something. And God, yeah. but we'll, we'll get him on sometime. You know, another example of the other way around is um, Priscilla Ahn, like uh, singer-songwriter. Um, her real name is actually Priscilla Hentraft. And she actually took her mother's maiden name as her stage name. Really? When she um, started playing. Yeah. I didn't know that. Oh, my God. I love it. Well, I have to, like, make that decision. Really soon. I'm pretty much decided. Like, I'm going to go with Minji um, for my stage name, if you will. Mm-hmm. Because I have to register for SAG fairly soon. Well, so you want you want to see your you want to see Minji in big letters and say that's right. Yeah, name that, on the credits, man. That'll be a very satisfying feeling, you know. But and and then it's yeah, and I always had some some guilt too because Christina is a name my dad gave me, and I don't want to just like get rid of that. Um, but Chang is my dad, so I don't know. He would never not be part of my name. I, anyway. <laughs> It's weird. Names are weird. That's interesting, though, that it wasn't part of your, like, is that just, because Minji's always been your name, but it yeah. just wasn't registered? Like, is that, like, something, I don't know how babies work, you know, when you, when you, <laughs> when you born them. So, like, <laughs> is it just what's on your birth certificate? Like, <laughs> I don't know. Well, I know that there's tons of people who are, like, given, I know, like, in the, in the Mexican culture, like my friend Sal, he was like my work husband up in San Francisco. Well, Sal, yeah, you get your like your your mother's maiden name, your mother's grandmother's you get, first you name. Get like a, yeah, <laughs> you get like an extensive name, but like, and then he, um, he, but then he has a nickname. Like every like a lot of the Mexican names have like a nickname version of it, so that if you are. <laughs> like Jesus or something, there's some version. So his name was Chavo. Like his his name is Sal, Salvatore. Like that's his, Salvador, sorry. Salvador is mm. his his full like name that's on his birth certificate. But his family calls him Chavo, like since forever. And <laughs> I think it's just like, and that's the cool part of culture. It's just like you have these names. And then, you know, we have our whole, in Chinese and Korean, like my, I've never called my brother by by his name. I've only called him Opa, like right. big, big brother. So like that to me is his name. And so whenever people talk to me like, "Hey, where's Lewis?" I'm like, "Huh?" Like, "Oh, <laughs> that guy, Opa. Oh, he's over there." You know, like it's weird. Yeah, same with like me and my brother. Um, whenever I have to call him by his like actual name, it's, it's weird. Weird. It's bizarre and unsettling. <laughs> but in any case, I think you know. I think it's great that we're taking ownership of, like, our real identities. Like, it does feel, Minji does feel more me. And I notice that when do, people do call me Christine, that it feels, that feels alien. I'm like, huh. <laughs> yeah. That, doesn't, that didn't sit well with me. What is that about? And, I, you know, it's, it's interesting because, you know, you think about the next generation. Like, I'm, you know. If and when I have kids, I'll probably give them Chinese names, you know? Yeah. Um, Even if, say, hypothetically, if I married a non, and if, see, and now we're getting into, like, deep territory, because I don't know if I want to get married and have children. But if (laughs) if I did, um, I would definitely really, I would want to give Korean names, even if they were not 100% Korean, and be like, yo, this is where you come from, Yeah. and I will teach you all the food names and curse words (laughs) you need to know. 
I mean, it's, it was always fun to, you know, meet like my friends who are, you know, fourth, fifth generation. Like, I think most people are our age are fourth generation Japanese and they still have their Japanese names and they can still, you know, it's still part of their identity. And, you know, I think that's the cool part about America is like you have all these cultures together. Be proud of who you are, but also be proud of your contributions to the greater culture. And part of that is, you know, to me at least, the strength comes from having all these different perspectives. Yes. And, you know, right now we're working through a lot of stuff, but I don't know. Optimistic. I'm optimistic of things getting coming out for the better because I feel like, you know, maybe I'm just in the bubble with people who are creating and making culture. But I feel like the culture of diversity and inclusion is much stronger than the one of like seclusion and you know, otherness and otherness. alienness. Yeah. And, no, I say I say milk every good feeling you can out of that bubble that you live in and acknowledge <laughs> it. And I think that's like that's not a bad thing because that's appreciation for the fact that you get to be around people who allow you to be you and that in in turn lets you allow them to be them. And like that's a very good thing. Because when you go out and then you meet people who are not okay with that, and that's still like a work in progress, obviously, depending, you know, who you encounter and where, then you at least know where, like, I know where I come from and I know where I live and where I prosper. It's like the people are down for that. And the people that I roll with, they have no problem pronouncing my last name properly. And I don't need to adjust that for you. And I don't yeah. need to feel bad, you know? Well, okay. I mean,. Are you going to eventually require people to call it Chang? Or is Chang still okay? Oh, it's, oh it's, in Korean, it's actually Chang. So if it was properly spelled, it would be with a J. My, my name would be... Oh, really? Be, yeah. It, Chang is a, is a more Chinese name. I right? had a teacher in high school. His name was Dr. Chang. Yeah. So that's, that's, yeah. that last name is the same as my last name. Mm. It's just like we're assigned different things when my parents immigrated to the U.S. Speaking of that, so is that the same as Ken Jong's? Chong? No, Chong is Chong. So that's the funny thing. <laughs> His last name is Chong, right? Okay. Ken, Ken Chong. And yeah. my mom's maiden name is Chong, but her last name was maiden name uh, when she came was C H U N G. Chong. Chong. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Which it's all derived from Chinese, right? Too like. I think words. so. See, yeah. I'm trying to learn that too. My mom was trying to teach me. I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Speaking of Ken Jong, um, I know you might be interested in this, but he's been the guest on Anna Ferris's podcast this past two weeks. Um, Anna Ferris Unqualified. Shut up. I need to listen to that. You check it out. I think um, Anna Ferris is a great podcast host. She's hilarious. <laughs> Thank you for sending me that Parks and Rec one. I died. No problem. She's All right. really good. I need, <laughs> I need to learn. Yeah, because we gotta we gotta work on we, we Minji and I are building a podcast empire, so we, we gotta. Well, specifically yeah. Marvin is. I'm just like <laughs> providing commentary whether Marvin likes it or not, which is their general dynamic. <laughs> um, cool, good talk. Um, before we go, <laughs> that was good talk. Good, you know? good talk. Good, good times. Good good talk times. Um. Well, this is like the most we ever get to converse when we're not like, hey, did you That's true. I haven't seen you all month. So, you know, like yeah. th- our and past every- few conversations have been mostly about work and that gets, you know, a little heated sometimes. Yeah. You know, just, this is us just shooting the shit and talking about whatever's on our mind. And uh, we did talk for at least twice this, what you guys are hearing. So you guys will never hear the part I took out. You'll never know. 
Oh, I saw that Rira tweeted that she wanted to see the unfiltered, unedited. You know what? I didn't really edit much of that. The only part I edited out was the part where your audio dropped out. Oh, my bad. (laughs) I apologize. But other than that. There's a question from Alvin. I feel bad. Like, we need right. to get to it. Before we go, we're going to get to this email that Alvin sent a couple weeks ago. So, sorry, Alvin. It's been um, listener Alvin Lim, who you might remember as a guest in one of our episodes, past episodes. He's um, the marketing chair for SACE, the Society of Asian um, Scientists and, and Engineers. Engineers. Um, well, first of all, he asked about my girlfriend. And no, I'm not going to talk he, about her. He, 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 he. I'll talk about her. So... Um, that is private, and her name's Christine. She's really <laughs> nice. Um, and his actual question is, who is your favorite up and coming, someone not super well known Asian American artist, and why? Who's my favorite up and coming Asian American artist, and why? So there's no category, not like actor or singer. He didn't give one, so you know. Who's your favorite, Mark? Right now, um. We have a bunch of people that we work with. Um, you know what? I'm going to say Priska. She just um, successfully completed her Kickstarter. So she's well on her way to um, to making her first EP. If you guys don't know Priska, she's a really great singer-songwriter. And she just went on tour for the first time. And she's about to kill it. And I think she's on, on the brink right now. So I'm going to take the obvious answer. Sorry, Minji. And say Priska. You know what? I kind of want to let's have Prisca on the podcast soon because I want to talk about why she like had such a low ask. But like because (laughs) for me, because she hit her goal in like a few hours. We all told her it was too low. Yeah. She has has enough people who support her. There's (laughs) deeper stuff beyond that is what I'm saying. And this is something that I struggle with. And this is something very, very real with Asian women or women in general. Because it's the same thing. It's like with negotiating and things like that, our asks are so low. And... It drives me nuts. And I have certain friends of mine who are in the corporate who are women who have no issue asking. They're like, I'm sorry, if you want to talk to me, that'll be $5,000. Yeah. And they get it. And I'm like, what? <laughs> anyway, it just blows my mind. And that's something that I, like, I'm putting this out in the universe. I would love to, like, somehow imbue our women or, like, Asians in general to, like, step up and value our shit a little bit more. You know what I mean? Like, the yeah, same totally. quality of work that... XYZ other person would put on the table, they're going to like put double the value and then we're going to put like 25 cents. <laughs> Not cool. Like That's a whole other conversation. Let's Exactly. Uh, yeah, let's, but my uh, favorite, yeah. so you took Prisca and I love her and I love Paul. Um, my favorite for a long time has been Tim Atlas. Um, mm, he's not the yeah. only, obviously, but yeah, the first person I thought of, ironically, um, I love G, G Amazawa. But mm-hmm. um, Tim in general, like he, I have a personal connection because collaboration san francisco he was one of there there's certain artists that really strike me as soon as they strum their guitar as soon as they open their mouth like there's something right. very immediate about like holy crap there's something different about you that is not just like oh that sounds nice yeah i mean you know? you're your priscas your your pauls your jane louise too yes like, yes jane know. Yeah, was, yeah, and Tim Tim was definitely <laughs> that, and like he um, definitely inspired me. And those are like really special moments. And I felt that way about Peter Chung too. About when right, I heard yeah. he it was at our open mic in San Francisco, and I was just like, this mofo clearly has done the ten thousand hours. Like as soon as he started playing the guitar, I was like, shut up. He's got that John Mayer face down too. 
He does. And then, <laughs> but then Tim's voice and his not just his literal voice, but the the types of songs that he writes. There's like this really genuine, like real melancholy to it that, like, I don't know, just gets me crying inside but in a great way because it's so cathartic i'm like somebody gets that and that's why i made my whole music video to his song and stuff but <laughs> and then he's on the freaking voice and i'm like what of course i knew this would happen because he's amazing so yeah. um a lot of our friends i see like so much so much ahead of them and that that really excites me but off top of my head tim and then g yeah. and paul all them. check him out and other artists on the collaboration green room session they've all had green rooms so um Green Room is our musical um, showcase series. So you guys check it out on collaboration.org in our video section. Um, we won't be disappointed because there's tons, just tons of great talent up and coming Asian Americans out there. And we're going to, we're going to highlight all of them. Yes. <laughs> well, that'll do it for this week. Thanks so much for calling in so early, Minji. Um, hopefully you have a great day what, ahead of you. What do you mean so early? This is early for you. Thank you, Mark. I know I'm dying right now. <laughs> He's going to go back to bed now. <laughs> I'm going to sleep on my desk in, this, in their office. Thank you, Alvin, for sending in your email. Um, hopefully, you discover some new artists to follow. And for everyone else, you can always email us at podcast at collaboration.org if you want to send in a message, feedback, or a question for us to answer on the air. We always love to hear from you all. Um, don't forget to subscribe to the Collabcast and all Collaboration podcasts um, through iTunes, Stitcher, um, Google Play Music, and wherever you find podcasts through your RSS feeds. If you do listen to us on iTunes, please leave us a review. Be great for us. And also, you know, let's us know that people care. Sometimes yes. we need some validation. We need love. <laughs> Thanks again to Paul Date for use of his song Invisible World off his album, the same name. Um, that music video should be coming out soon, right? Yes. Features Minji. So, you know, you definitely want to want to check that out. Give you all the feels. That's the, that's <laughs> the goal. Uh, well, thank you, Minji, for joining us thanks marv good chat good talk times good, good talk. talk times not <laughs> work related well this is work and this is the best part of work yeah well um well let's get to work i guess <laughs> yeah i'm like i'm like i'm gonna talk to you like five minutes about like all the other things we have to do <laughs> all right thanks a lot all right i'll talk we'll to you guys you, later we'll see y'all next week for episode 88 yeah oh my god crazy bye guys Ta-da!